0: Amen. It's so good to see everyone here today. God bless you. You may be seated. Aren't you thankful for, amen, the opportunity to come to church and see everyone and be able to worship? What's What a powerful moment. What a, an awesome time. We love it. I've been in church a long, long time, and I never get sick of it, unless people don't want me there, and then I'm not good. Amen. Amen. But we're so thankful that you're here today, and those are joining us online, and of course, we're getting ready for the Christmas holiday, Christmas season, and uh, how many feel distracted this morning? A little bit distracted, anybody? Okay, just me? Okay, okay, we're, we're together on this one, so amen. But when we come to church, there's, a, a, there's this opportunity for us to really focus on the Lord, isn't there, and really focus on what he's doing and his word and his goodness in our life and, and all that God is doing. And so uh, this morning, I don't know if you feel you're, you're kind of in that rat race of Christmas season or really busy or things are just getting crazy at your house or at work. Amen. I'm so thankful we have this opportunity to just kind of still our hearts and our spirits and just say, Lord, we focus on you. We worship you. Amen. Because how many know we're declaring that Jesus is? Amen. This morning, I'm, at this whole this holiday season is about Jesus is, not was. But Jesus is. Amen. How many believe? Yeah, he was that child that was in, amen, in swaddling clothes. But now he is the king of life. He is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He is the reigning kings in heaven above. Amen. And he is coming back. Amen. So I I just celebrate the fact that Jesus is. Amen. He not was or will be or we hope it's real. But Jesus is. Amen. Jesus is our savior. Jesus is the prince of life. Jesus is the prince of peace. Jesus is our joy our salvation. Amen. Amen. And in Him, I don't know what you need today, but within Him is everything. So if you need anything from the Lord, it's all in Him. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, it's good to see everyone here. We're going to get right to the Word today. I know there's people visiting and for one reason or the other. And uh, if, you're, if you're trying to get in first line at Popeye's, I'm going to try to get you there. And uh, today, I don't know about that, but uh, amen. Hallelujah. I wanted to share some things in my heart um, today and of course, has a lot to do with the holidays, but just a, a great um, declaration of our faith and Christianity and really the Bible, but really just um, this time really to focus on a couple things and this is one of the things we can focus on Amen today. So if you turn your Bible, uh, click on your device to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17. I'm going to be reading out of the NIV today, but in Second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17, probably one of my favorite, um, I would say one of my favorite um, Christmas songs, Christmas carols, is Hark the Herald Angels Sing. How many like that song? Because uh, it's, it's in, like, It's a Wonderful Life, and how can you not like that? So, um, amen. And how, how many believe we sing that, that, that little part of it? You know, peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. Amen. And that's, there's truth to that. How many believe there's truth to that? That Amen. That this is what it was all about, that Jesus coming is God and sinners being reconciled. Amen. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17, starting in verse 17, Paul is declaring, he said that if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. A new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is here. And that's one of the things that they were declaring at the the birth of Jesus. The old is gone, the new is here. Here, amen, in verse 18, and all is, this is from the Lord, all this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Verse 19, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ. That's what was happening when Jesus came, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he was committed to us, he has committed to us the message of reconciliation, repeats it in verse 20. And we are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us to the world. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Aren't you glad that Jesus has come to reconcile us to God? Amen. That through Jesus Christ, there is reconciliation and restoration. We are reconciled and restored. How many believe that? Amen. Amen. Jesus has come to do that. This is a a work of repair and recovery in Jesus Christ. I love that. Amen. He repaired what was broken, what was lost, what was given away, what was stolen, and he came to recover all that he intended. Amen. This morning, I just want to talk to you a little bit about restoration, but being reconciled and restored in Jesus Christ. Amen. Father, we just thank you for your word. Thank you for your goodness we just took a, a, a moment at the beginning of the service just to really worship you and thank you. But, Lord, we really can't stop there. It just keeps going on and on and on. And, Lord, help us to be more thankful this season especially and just so thankful for not just all the things we have or what we, all the material things. But, Lord, that we have you and that you have come to the earth to reconcile a God to man and man to God. We just thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. So we serve a God that restores God is a God that restores. How many believe that? God is a God that restores. What's it reconciliation means? A God that restores. I like to put it this way. He's a God that puts it back and a God that makes it right. Do you know that's what recovery is all about and restoration is all about in Jesus Christ? How many believe that Jesus, amen, came to make things right? Amen. Jesus came to... Give us something back, amen. And so restoration is, amen, serving a God who gives it back. I, I love the, that, that the Lord is a God who gives it back, amen. He restores, amen. And how many believe that he also reconciles us to God? The Bible says that he makes things right. And one of the things that Paul is bringing out here that we need to understand and, and remind ourselves over and over as Christians is that we are, have been reconciled to God Through Jesus. How many believe that with all your heart? You've been reconciled to God through Jesus Christ. The Bible says that when Jesus came to earth, this is what he was doing. He was reconciling the world to God through his life, through his message, through his sacrifice. Amen. That the world was being reconciled. But you know, there's never a reconciliation unless there's a brokenness. The reason that we need to be reconciled because there was a brokenness. Amen. And that's what restoration does and reconciliation does. It actually gives back that which was stolen, that which was broken, that which was lost, that which was given away. And how many know that was happened through Jesus Christ? Amen. And so the Bible makes it clear is that we've been reconciled uh, through God, through Jesus Christ, and Jesus came to bring us back. Amen. I love that uh, about salvation because salvation restores that which was broken what was lost, that which was stolen or given away. The word repent, when we hear that word to repent of our sins, that word repent comes from the, the, the end of that word pent means the high place or the highest place there is. That's where we get our word penthouse. To repent means to go back to where the highest place from which you have fallen. Amen. How many of the Bible says that all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God? All of us have fallen, amen, have a fallen nature because of sin, amen. But I'm so glad this morning, and we sang about it, that Jesus Christ came to set us free and bring us back into relationship with God. That's being reconciled to God. How many know if you you have to be restored or reconciled with somebody, that means you had a falling out. That means you had an argument, a disagreement, or there's a brokenness there, isn't that right? And how many know the Bible says that sin separates us to God? Amen. It separates us from the Lord so that he cannot reach us or speak to us and that we're not saved. But thanks be to God, Jesus, the Bible says, not just draws us near, but he breaks that curse and he breaks that, amen, uh, that wall between us that we can be reconciled to God. Amen. The Bible says that the anger of the Lord was against us. Judgment was on our lives. And now through Jesus Christ, amen, there's peace with God. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad that there's peace with God now, amen? Before, when you were saved, there was no peace with God. You were at odds with the Lord. You were, amen, you were separated from God. The Bible even says that you were enemies of the Lord. Wow. Aren't you glad that God loves his enemies? Jesus loved his enemies so much he died for us, amen. And so that we can be reconciled, amen, to God through Jesus Christ. This is the message, the power of the message of the gospel, amen and i can't think of a better time to do it amen than this right now at christmas time to declare we've been reconciled to God through Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Where there was opposition, there's peace. Where there is separation, there's unity. There's that, amen, relationship with God through Jesus Christ. How many believe that Jesus brought you back to that place which you've fallen in right, right, right relationship with God, that high place of right relationship with God? Amen. The Bible declares that we are seated together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Why? Because we repented of our sins. We made it right with God. We've been reconciled with the Lord. We're at that place. Amen with him. And so when we repent of our sins and we realize a couple things, I believe that we realize, I did anyways, that I realize the original brokenness, the original problem. I, I realized that there was a problem between God and me. I always thought I was a cool person and somehow God was going to let me just slide right into heaven. Amen. Amen. How many know that's not going to happen through, without Jesus? Amen. The Bible says that no man comes to the Father except through Jesus. And so I thought, man, if I'm just, I go to church, that makes me a Christian. That makes me okay with God. If I, if I just kind of do a bunch of good works, then God will know I'm a good person But how many know it has to be through the blood of Jesus that we enter into heaven and and receive eternal life? And the Bible makes it clear that repentance really helps us go back and identify the original problem, the original brokenness. Man fell, man disobeyed, and that came through Adam, and that came down through us, and every one of us are born a sinner. And so I, I realized my problem with God. I realized there was an issue. How many know there's no reconciliation until you realize there's a problem? right? And Jesus came to show us, there's a problem. <laughs> and we're like, there is? And then we, you know, we realize, oh my word, I'm a sinner. There is a problem. <laughs> but also we see not just our, the original problem and breakdown, but we also see the original design and plan that God had for our life. We see it through the cross, don't we? That God's loved me all along. That he knows me and loves me and wants to pursue a relationship with me and that he's passionate about having a relationship with me for all eternity. That's pretty good. I know some people that don't like me around for about a half hour. That's all they can take of me or whatever. But he wants me around for eternity. That's pretty good, isn't it? Amen. And so I see that original plan and design that God had from the beginning. When I repent of my sins and I turn to God, I say, Lord, Lord, I absolutely see not just the problem where we we had a problem, but I also see your original plan and design was to know me was to walk and love me, to walk with me, Lord, and have that relationship, that I could have a relationship with you. How many are thankful for that? Amen. And how many know that only happens through Jesus? Amen. You can tell people to be part of a church or do good works and be a good person, try their best in life, but it has to happen through Jesus. Amen. He's the door, the Bible says. He's the way. He's that gateway and pathway. And so Amen. We're reconciled to God through Jesus Christ. And then the second thing we see through these scriptures is that we're restored in Christ. He makes everything brand new, the Bible says. There's restoration. Amen. How many know when the house, there's been maybe a house fire or something's happened to a house or remodeling? Amen. It's like Jesus coming in and just totally gutting out the house and everything is brand new. Amen. Everything's brand new. Amen, I love that. And so it's kind of like that, the Bible says, that when we're restored in Christ, and it's not just that one-time position that we have in Christ now, we're seated together in heavenly places, but how many believe that, like, like Paul wrote, that our inner man is being renewed day by day. God is restoring things to my life that I lost, that I were stolen by the devil, come on, or I gave away. He's doing that on a daily basis. I find the Lord restoring my peace over and over again, restoring relationships, restoring time that I wasted and lost. God's restoring some things. I'm really thankful that God's restoring your health? Amen. This is happening through Jesus Christ. Amen. We're restored in Christ Jesus. David said about this, the Lord, he said, he restores my soul. He restores my soul. Amen. And so that's what we have in Jesus, Restoration. So let me just focus on these two things and, and then really help us out and, and, and really kind of direct us in our response to this today. And that is when we're, we say we're restored in Christ, as I said before, it's, it's, we, we have to understand he's a God that gives back. Or he's the God that puts you back. He puts you back in that place of joy and peace and, and righteousness with the Lord. Amen. And so he's a God that puts it back. I I don't know about you, but when I first came to the Lord as a young man, I realized there was a lot of brokenness in my life. There was a lot of things that I went through that really uh, caused wounds and hurts. And I I came to the Lord knowing that, Lord, I need you to fix this. I need you to take care of this. Amen. And I realized he's a God that restores. Come on, somebody. Amen. I mean, God can restore time that you've lost. Amen. God can restore your health. God can restore relationships that have been broken, lost, or given away. Things like that that have just been, I mean, the devil came in and stole some things from you, as we see in the picture of the Old Testament. But God has a way of giving them back. Amen. Amen. David lost everything, and he thought he did. And the Bible says that there was a day in David's life that God gave everything back to him. He gave everything, amen, as if he never lost it. In Job's life, the Bible says that he lost his health, his family. He's lost possessions and money, amen. And then there was a day in Job's life, the Bible says he restored Job, amen. In other words, he got his health back. He got relationships back. He got time that was lost. He got all these things back. God restores. How many believe that God restores? And so when we say that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, we're not just saying that there's reconciliation through Jesus. We're also saying there's restoration. There's also, we're also declaring to people that you can be restored. Amen. I there's things in your life that have been broken, but you can have them healed again. Didn't Jesus declare that? Didn't he say that? Amen. In Luke, he opened up the book and he said, "Uh, I'm here to heal the brokenhearted, set the captives free. I'm here to preach the gospel to those who are bound and wounded and those who are lost. Amen. Right? And Jesus said, I came to seek and save that which was lost. I came to heal the brokenhearted. I came to call sinners to repentance that they could be reconciled. Amen. I'm so thankful for God's great plan of repairing and recovery, amen, through Jesus Christ, amen. That's what it means to be restored, amen. And so this is what Paul is declaring here, and we can't ever forget this. This isn't a time that we're just focusing on expensive gifts. We're focusing on the free gift, the gift of salvation, amen, that comes through Jesus Christ. What I love about how God moves in our lives through restoration is that God doesn't get rid of damaged people. (laughs) Aren't you glad for that? God he loves people that have have been through some things and got their life all messed up and and he's just this God that can work it out. He's a God that can just fix things. He I don't know how he does it, but he just he just can kind of put things back together. Amen. He can give things back to us. And he doesn't throw these things away. The Bible says he uses them for his Glory, amen. Isaiah looked forward at the Messiah coming, and he said that this is what Jesus was going to do through the cross, that he was going to raise up the low places, he was going to push down the high places, and he was going to make every crooked path straight. He's also talking about us, isn't he? He's going to reconcile, and he's going to restore, amen. Amen. Later on, Isaiah prophesied about Jesus again in Isaiah 58, one of the most powerful Prophecies about Jesus, he said that there was going to be a great exchange. That when Jesus came, he was gonna give us beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, and the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Amen. Aren't you glad that he restores, amen? Where there's been depression, he gives us joy. Where there's been heaviness, he gives us, amen, the merry heart, he gives us joy unspeakable and full of glory, amen. Where there's been brokenness, he brings healing. Where there's been where there's been lack, he brings provision, where there's been desolation, he brings us into a place of prosperity and growth, the Bible says amen He says he leads me not just in the right path but he leads me in a large place a successful place a place that I can grow a place that I, Amen. I'm not limited by 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 uh, sin anymore but now I can live in righteousness and flourish in Jesus Christ because he restores every place and everything in my life amen Joel chapter 2 declared that when the Holy Ghost to be poured out he said one of the things he's going to do And declared to the nation of Israel, I'm going to restore the years that the locust has eaten. I'm going to restore those years. And so, you know, not only is this time of year such a powerful time for us as Christians, but also the nation of Israel. This was something that was happening during the birth of Jesus Christ, that God was keeping his promise to Abraham and to Isaac and Jacob and David, I'm going to restore the nation of Israel. I'm going to have a kingdom. I'm going to have a a place on earth, amen, Jerusalem, my city, that I'm going to restore. My people, I'm going to restore them. Aren't you glad for that? God is so amazing. He just keeps promises on every level, amen. And so that's the the way the Lord works. He restores on every way, on every level. And he said, I'm going to restore the years the locust has eaten. I'll never forget in one of my classes, we really talked a lot about restoration. And we talked a lot about how that revivals and movements of God uh, really are started, amen, in the earth through restoration. When there's a time when people are really turning back to God and really repenting of their sins and turning to the Lord, how many know there's restoration there? that God begins to restore some things, the promises that he made, some, some, some ways that he's, he's walked in in the past and the ways that he's moved in, in the book of Acts and in some of the other ways, he begins to restore those things to us. We begin to see miracles like never before. We begin to see salvations like never before. We begin to see laws change and, and nations changed. Amen, there's restoration and a revival. How many believe that? And that's what happened when Jesus was coming. He's saying, look, I'm going to bring restoration. And the picture of salvation is reconciliation amen so he's not just a god that gives it back i'm so thankful for that but he's a god that makes it right i said he's a god that makes it right amen in jeremiah chapter 23 jeremiah is prophesying again about the lord and specifically about his nature and 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 really the position that jesus would fill On a spiritual level, he said that God's decreeing this. He says, the time is coming when I'll establish a truly righteous David branch. A ruler who knows how to rule justly. He'll make sure of justice and keep people unified. In his days, Judah will be saved and Israel will dwell safely. Now this is his name by which he will be called the Lord our righteousness. That's powerful, isn't it? All right, let's go a little further. You know what that means? It means the Lord does what is right. The Lord who does what is right. The Lord who puts things right. The Lord who makes everything right. Amen. Aren't you glad for the Lord our righteousness? Amen. How many can say, when we need to see the Lord move in our nation, amen, in justice and in righteousness? Amen. But how many are thankful that he is a God that makes things right? So not only does he make things right with you, he made you right with God. <laughs> now it's okay between us. Now it's good between us. But also in our personal life, he's a God that can make things right. He calls us to righteousness, doesn't he? He calls us to the things that are right and true and just, doesn't he? That's what the Holy Spirit leads us into. He doesn't lead us, he leads us into bondage, but he also doesn't lead us into rebellion and anarchy. He leads us into justice, doesn't he? He leads us into righteousness. This is what we, why we worship the Lord the way we do, because he is the Lord, our righteousness. How many know our righteousness, the Bible says, is no good at all? I mean, there's nothing we can do, not even a bunch of us. There's not even a, a collective body of us that can do things right enough that would be right in God's eyes without Jesus Christ. Think about it. By ourselves, without Jesus, the Bible says nobody is righteous. Nobody is righteous. But how many know that there was, as John saw in the book of Revelation, there was a lamb that was righteous. There was a lamb that was pure. There was one that was worthy to open the seals. There was one that was worthy, amen, to call himself righteous, and that was Jesus Christ, amen. And so when I get saved, it's not my righteousness I'm trying to live out, it's his. It's his. Amen? And so I'm not trying to perfect my own holiness, but I'm perfecting His, and I'm walking in His and His righteousness. The Bible says in Romans that the kingdom of God is what? Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Amen. How is that possible? It's possible through the cross of Jesus Christ, because He is the Lord, our righteousness. He is the one that came to establish righteousness in the earth. He's the one that came to establish justice in the earth. He's the one that not only does that, but He also does it in my heart. How many know the Lord wants to establish justice in your life, righteousness in your life? Amen. And so that's what the Lord does. He's the God that makes things right. This is part of reconciliation. Amen. And sometimes I've noticed this, that there can't be the joy of recovery without the pain of loss. How many know what I'm talking about? Amen. Sometimes we want that joy of recovery. Oh, it's going to be great, but there's that pain of loss sometimes. And that's why the picture of salvation is that Jesus died on the cross, was buried in a tomb, rose from the dead, and the Bible says that we need to repent and be baptized, every one of us, and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Is that right? Amen. Why? Because there's a death, there's a process that we have to go through that our flesh is crucified in Christ. Amen. And so without that joy of recovery, sometimes we have to uh, know that those days of loss and that pain of loss like Job's life, amen. And that kind of makes it a little sweeter and a little bit more real to us. But I'm so thankful that God restores what has been broken, what has been lost, what has been stolen and even given away, amen, amen. So relationships and time and health and material things. But also, how many know that the Lord restores a few other things? He restores right choices to you. Some of you here have your testimony is, I got in trouble because of my own choices. And they weren't good choices. Uh Uh-uh. They weren't good choices. But aren't you glad that the Lord helps us make right choices? Good choices. Amen. Amen. And so I'm so thankful for that, that the Lord helps us choose what is right, to know what is right, to know what is wrong, to know, amen, those things. And also, the Bible makes it clear that God restores our mindsets. The way we thought, the way we saw things, the way we understood things, the Bible says he makes those right. He restores justice. He restores uh, any type of confusion that we have in our lives, unrest and misdirection. The Bible says he restores us. David said that when I got this way and every time I wander out of your path, Lord, you bring a little correction in my life and I get right back on the path right back on the path, amen. Isn't that the way the Lord works in our lives? Because the Lord is a God who sets things right, amen. And so what is our response to these things today? Just let me give you a a few things uh, as we get ready to head out and then come back for candlelight service because I know everybody's gonna be here, amen. But our response is this, I, I think two things. Number one, what is my response to the reconciliation through Christ? Number one, it is living in reconciliation. In other words, I don't just... Say it. I don't just experience one time. It's part of my, my life. It's part of my character. I live in reconciliation. Notice what Paul was writing here. He said that we've been, you know, through, through Christ, we've been reconciled to God. He said, therefore, you have the ministry of reconciliation in your life. How many are born again? Let me just see your hand. I don't care if you've been saved a day or 100 years. It doesn't matter. The Bible declares you have been reconciled to God through Christ. And because of that, now you have the ministry of reconciliation. Now you have that that call on your life to call the world to reconciliation to God through Christ Jesus. We have the ministry. So we live in this reconciliation. It's not just something, okay, that's great. No, it's happening in our lives every day. I can look at your life and somewhere as we have this conversation, I can say, wow, you're living in reconciliation. You're living in repentance, forgiveness, and his righteousness, his holiness. I mean, you're following Jesus, man. You're living in in, in that life. And so I can say to some people, man, they're living in reconciliation because the Bible says that God was reconciling the world to himself through Christ, not counting people's sins against them. That's important, isn't it? How many know you've got that ministry too? Some people think they've got the ministry, amen, to tell people they're wrong. That's not the ministry we've been given, amen. Come on, somebody. Amen. We, we haven't been given that ministry. We haven't been given the ministry to call people out all the time and how wrong they are. I don't have the ministry of judgment. The Bible says I've got the ministry of reconciliation. Amen. Amen. So that's what it says. And so let me just give you a couple of principles about living in reconciliation. Number one, I think it's important that you make it right with God. You just stay in that right relationship with the Lord. Amen? How many can feel the Holy Spirit kind of tugging at you? You've got to get back in fellowship with the Lord. Or you you need to do this or do this. Come on, I, I feel the Holy Spirit working in my life sometimes that I've got to make it right with God. How many have just ever, at the end of your day, said, boy, that probably wasn't the best thing. I need to make it right with the Father. Amen? This morning or tonight. And so we need to make it right with the Lord. Some of us have experienced times of walking away from the Lord. Some of us called it falling from grace we've actually fall, fell from grace, we actually walked away from the Lord, and we got in an area and, and places that we shouldn't have been. And we, and we, we ran with a crowd that we, we should have known better, we shouldn't have done that, we made decisions that weren't great, and, and after we got saved and we found ourselves from grace. Come on, we, we found ourselves walking away from the truth, walking away from the Lord, walking away from the church. But how many know he's a God that makes it right, amen? He calls you back to a place of being right with him, amen? And I'm so thankful that, amen, it doesn't take somebody that just absolutely hasn't done anything wrong, amen, to come to church. It takes people that all of us, we we all just got to come to the place, Lord, I got to make it right, amen. And sometimes that may be you every week. I got to make it right with God this week. That's okay, amen, because all of us are kind of right there, amen. You got lost your salvation on the way to church because you and your wife were fighting. You got to make it right, amen. Amen. Come on, it worked. you just weren't the perfect angel. Amen? You've you, you got to make it right. And sometimes we just need to say, Lord, I need to make it right with you. Amen? Amen? I love what my, my dad used to say quite a bit. He said, if God hasn't been speaking to you, then you need to go back to the last place you disobeyed, make it right, and move on. If you don't feel the Lord moving in your life a lot of times, how many know sometimes you got to go back to the last place you disobeyed, the last time where you fell, where you may, missed it, where you made that mistake? Amen. Make it right, and then what? Move on. Aren't you glad that God allows us to do that? He's a God that's like, okay, you made it right, move on. Okay, see ya. Amen. Don't come back to my office until you need me. Amen. No. But I mean, that's just what the Lord is. He's just like, okay, I'm ready to move on. It's all right. Amen. So living in reconciliation, making it right with God, and then our response to other people. The Bible says that we've been given the ministry of reconciliation, and he's talking about other people. He's talking about the world, amen, now that we're walking in the mission of Jesus and the call that we have, amen, to call people to salvation, to point people to Jesus, to preach the gospel. That's what he's talking about. And, you know, again, there's not this ministry of straightening people out. It's the ministry of calling people to repentance, to salvation in Jesus Christ. Amen? But, you know, the temptation for every one of us, really, is to demand forgiveness from others and not releasing other people from debt. We we have this temptation in our life, and Jesus said we've got to pray against it, right? How many know Matthew chapter 6, the Lord's Prayer? Amen? We release people from debt. Amen? Why? Because God released us from debt. The day that Jesus died on the cross, I mean, it's like he's just releasing people from debt. And so why should we hang on to that? And why, would you, why should we try to keep people in debt to us? Amen. The Bible talks about walking in forgiveness, walking in that lifestyle of reconciliation. That's what he's talking about. It should be something that you're not holding grudges, that you're not bitter, that you're allowing the Lord to, to really work in your life and heal you. Come on, in some areas that people have really hurt you and wronged you and just forgiving people, amen? Amen. Anybody? Maybe on the way to church, you cut some people off with your car. You need to ask for forgiveness. No, I'm just kidding. So it's that living in reconciliation. It's just that lifestyle, isn't it? Amen. You know, when when something in, in our lives, we talk about something falling from the Lord, I always think it this way. We always think about something falling. What happens when something falls? It usually breaks, doesn't it? And how many know it usually shatters in a million pieces or it's broken in a lot of pieces? But God is a God that restores. He makes it right. He puts it back together. He gives us, amen, the the things that we need to get healed and come back together, amen. And, And how many know that sometimes there's some jagged edges? So, you know, there's some brokenness in our life, and there's some jagged edges, and we just can't get over that, and we can't forgive that person. We can't, we constantly keep that person in debt to us. We constantly remind ourselves how much people owe us, and how they wronged us, and how we know Jesus just commands us, let that go. Just let it go. Walk in reconciliation. You've been given the ministry of reconciliation. Amen. And one of the things I just want to go through real quick is Jesus' formula for reconciliation. Here it is. Number one, forgive people, bless people, pray for people, do good to people, take responsibility, and take action. How many know that's just success right there? If you're going to follow that way of reconciliation, you're going to live in health. You're going to live in peace. You're going to live in, in, in joy, the Bible says, and, and that's what it is. So I want to leave that with you. So moving and, or living in reconciliation. But here's the thing I just want to leave you with today. It's so important. A lot of times we don't talk about this. Um, When it comes to God restoring and forgiveness and and all these things, that God makes things right. How many know that we not only need to live in in, uh, reconciliation, but I believe that we need to move in restitution? We've got to move in restitution. Again, this is kind of a word that's looked over, but it's something that God has done in our lives that he commands us to do in other people. What is that? Restitution is really the word and the action that really kind of is overlooked, but it means to pay something back. It's It really is this definition of restoration. That's that's the full part of restoration. So you only have partial restoration if something's given back, but the, the full meaning is that you pay something back. You give something back, right? That's what it means to have restitution. And so as a people of God, we've got to not just be living in reconciliation, but we've got to be moving in restitution. That's, you know, because a lot of times what we're focusing on, oh, I'm going to get things back from God. God's going to make everything right, and, and we're, we're so focused on getting it back in restoration that you haven't been able to give it back in restitution, and the Lord sometimes calls us to give it back, amen, and so, so this is a very important principle, see, because restoration is when God puts it back, but restitution is when you put it back, <laughs> when you make it right, when you set it right. And I know a lot of people that are like, you know what? I know I did a lot of people dirty. I know I was a really bad person. I know I stepped on a lot of people. But you know what? I'm walking in forgiveness, and that's okay. And the Holy Spirit's like, that's not okay. Because of what Jesus has done for us, the Bible says we need to do for other people. How I mean, you know, if God ever held our sins against us, we'd be in trouble. We would never come to a place of freedom. We would never be in a place of peace and joy and righteousness. Never. But how many know the Bible says, like here Paul writes, that as Jesus was walking the earth, amen, reconciling the world to God, he said he wasn't counting their sins against them. How many know that's forgiveness, that's freedom, and that's restitution, amen? And this is part of it. You can say amen, I'm almost done. But in Luke chapter 19, we see this this story and this account of this, this short guy called Zacchaeus, and he was a tax collector, and he was underhanded, and he was dirty, and nobody liked him, and he was, he actually just was a thief, he really was. And... He was a rich thief, by the way. And so the Bible says that when Jesus came to his house, approached him, came to his house, I mean, I mean this guy's heart got changed. When he met Jesus, I mean, everything turned upside down. This guy's like, I- I'm a new person. Like, wow, I met Jesus. How many have ever been there? Right? Got out of the water of baptism. You're like, I'm a new person. This is awesome. And then the Holy Spirit's like, okay, now you got to ask for forgiveness for all the stinky things you did. Right? But so Zacchaeus, what does he do? The Bible says he goes in and wherever he kept his money, probably under a mattress and everything like this, goes in and he gives his money. The Bible says four times what I've taken from people, I will repay. I mean, that's restitution. Amen? So think about it. This is something we haven't really talked about, but you know, this, and what did Jesus say about that? Salvation has come to this house. Salvation has come to this house. This is how we know this guy's saved. Cause he's not a crook anymore and now he's not just a crook anymore but now he's given back to people that he stole from that's restitution amen aren't you glad that God does that amen he doesn't hold us against us he doesn't he doesn't keep us in prison and keep it hovering over our head all the things we did it's over amen <laughs> But yet he gives us joy and peace and righteousness and, and all these things. And so we need to respond the same way to other people. Because entitlement is a part of our nature. Entitlement is a part of our fallen nature. And but you know, when we repent, when we come to the Lord, we repent. We actually give up the right to get back at people. <laughs> we actually give up the right for revenge, don't we? Why? The Bible says, Vengeance is mine. Reve- that payment. It's up to me, the Bible says. That's what Jesus said. Amen. And so what is our responsibility? Our responsibility is to give back. Our, 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 we don't have the right to, to pay back. We have the right to, or the responsibility to give back. And so one of the things that we find ourselves in a pickle about this is hardship comes when, when you think that repentance and restitution are kind of a two-way street. Well, I will if you will. Well, if you do this, then I'll do that. How many of know that doesn't work that way? Jesus said, you just go to somebody. You just ask for forgiveness. You just make things right. Does that person have to be be perfect? Does that person change? No. The Bible says we just make things right. Come on. Come on. Amen. And so this is restitution. And so I believe that, you know, some people are waiting to get back everything the devil stole while God's waiting for them to put back everything they took. (laughs) Amen. That's restitution, isn't it? Amen. And how many believe that reconciliation and recovery is in Jesus Christ? Jesus is wanting to do this today, and today God is calling us to be reconciled, restored to the Lord, and not just through salvation, but in our lives, every day in our lives that we walk in reconciliation, walk in restitution, that we're walking in these things, amen? How many believe God's calling us that today? God's calling us to this lifestyle of reconciliation and being restored. He's repairing and recovering in our lives. This is what the Lord is doing, and the Bible says we go back and we look, at this birth of Jesus and the death and resurrection of Jesus and say, this is why Jesus came into the world. Amen? To bring sinners to repentance, to reconcile the world, us, to God. Amen? To make things right, that which was broken, that which was stolen, that which was given away. Amen? To give it back and to make it right. How many believe that with all your heart, amen, today? Amen? Can we stand on our feet? I believe that he's a God that gives it back, but he's a God that makes it right. Amen. At the very end of 1 Corinthians chapter 5, Paul gives instruction. I'm going to give that instruction in closing. Amen. He says at the very end of it, he said because of what Jesus has done and we've been given this ministry, he said that we need to be reconciled to God. And so today, if there's anybody here that you really need to be reconciled to God. Come through Jesus Christ and say, "Well, I need to get back to church. I'm, I'm a mess. I'm, you know, I or you know, I, it's everybody else's fault." Amen. How many know we just need to come to the Lord today and say, "Lord, I'm going to be reconciled to God today." If there's any area of our lives that we can look and say, "Wow, it it really needs to be come back into focus and redirected," Amen. To what Jesus has done at Calvary. Amen, I want to do that today. If anybody needs to be reconciled to God, today is the day of salvation. Today is the day to say, Lord, here I am a sinner. I repent of my sins. I thank you for the price that you paid at Calvary for my sickness, my disease, my sin, my failure. Amen, Lord. And I know that I was born into sin, but Jesus Christ caused me to be born again. That I can have everything made new through Jesus Christ. That, Lord, I can know righteousness, peace, and joy once again. Amen. That I can come back to that place of relationship, that original intent, the original intent that you had, you created me for, is right relationship with God. Amen? Amen. That can be yours today. Amen. And one of the things I want to encourage you is that um, when we receive what Jesus did, when we really receive what Jesus did at Calvary, we begin to live in reconciliation. And then we begin to move in restitution. And let this be part of your testimony, part of your story. Amen. Wherever you are, and wherever you're going, that, yeah, it's not just one thing to say goodbye to my past, but I need to keep living in this, this, this kind of this realm or this understanding that God continues to reconcile people. Come on. That it's okay that I got saved, that's great, but I, how I many know my mission is to call other people to come to Jesus Christ? Amen. And I'm not gonna be ashamed, as we call, talked a couple months ago, I'm not gonna be ashamed what Jesus did and the things that the Lord is doing, but I'm gonna be bold in my witness and be bold in this testimony. And so that's why at the end of his letter, Paul's saying, by all means, by the, I'm stressing this is what he's saying, be reconciled to God. I don't know about you, but I believe that the Lord is restoring families. In this community, in this valley, amen, in this area, we're going to see families restored like never before. We're going to see marriages put back together, kids who love their parents, parents who love their children, amen, children who are adopted and taken care of. And come on, we're going to see restoration in the family. I'm declaring that today. We're going to see people who are far from God come back to God so that they can call other people who are far from God close to him. Amen? That's what we're going to see. We're going to see the restoration of, of men and women, and, and we're going to see the restoration of that family union and homes put back together. Amen? And God is calling us to rise up and stand up and say, amen, today in our culture, in our day, that we're going to see this in our day. Amen? I don't know about you, but God is restoring. The Lord is restoring the fear of the Lord. God is restoring holiness. God is restoring, amen, purity. God is restoring righteousness and peace and joy, amen, so that people can have rest in their homes, rest in their hearts, rest in their bodies. God is restoring health. Do you believe that? I'm going to declare that. God's restoring health in this valley, amen. I mean, I thank God for the hospitals. I thank God for the clinics. I thank God for all the health care that we've got. Amen. But I declare that Jesus is our healer. Amen. That he's restoring health to people that are sick. And he's restoring salvation to the people that are lost. Amen. That's my prayer today. That's our hope. I hope that's yours today. Amen. As we leave this place, we say, Lord, I thank you for the, Lord, what you've done in my life. I thank you that I've received reconciliation. Lord, where would I be without the blood of Jesus? Like, I was so far from you, but you loved me where I was. You brought me close to you. Lord, in my sin, in my disobedience, in my rebellion, you still loved me. Lord, I thank you for that today. I thank you, Lord, that that's what you're turning to me now and saying that I have to do that. And that's something that, Lord, I need to do in my life. I need to be reconciled with other people. I need to just let that ministry of reconciliation flow in my life to other people. Lord, I give you the praise and the glory. Lord, I don't want to take for granted one single moment the mercy that you showed me. The grace that you've showed on my behalf. Lord, I don't want to take that for granted. Not one second, Lord, do I want to step out and say, oh, I can do it on my own. I don't need church. I don't need the Lord. I don't don't ever want to get to that place, Lord. I want to stay in a place where I say, Lord, I'm, I'm yours, You're mine, and I need you every single day. I just thank you for that. Give you the praise and the glory today. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, amen Amen and amen.